Ayla Gilgala, you're on the air. Hey, it's Edwin from Colfax. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Is that Nova Scotia? All yes. right. I, I was just making sure because I'm using a Bluetooth speaker. So, yeah. Um, with all the uh, social, uh, the, the articles that you guys commentate on, like with the social issues and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of got me. It, 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 it kind of got me thinking, like, uh, you guys should do, for one episode at least, like, uh, commentate on, like, one of Stephen Crowder's Change My Mind videos. Like, not the whole thing, because they're hour, hour and a half long usually, but there's usually some pretty good uh, uh, sections in there where, you know, I, I could really see you and Chris really... Uh, fucking having a good time with that. So just a, just an idea. I totally on you if you want to do that, obviously. But uh, figured I'd call and uh, just uh, express an idea there, I guess. I, so, I don't know. So we should break down some louder with Steven Crowder then, huh? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'll bring that up to Chris. Maybe we'll make that a uh, CMS exclusive for the people who subscribe to CMS TV or something. You can okay. get your own yeah. TV show. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll take that into advisement, and we will bring that up at our next board meeting. Uh, okay. <laughs> so where, right. where, where are you from? Well, like, where, well, wait a minute. Where are you from again? Uh, Colfax, Washington. You probably don't know where the fuck that is. I know where Colfax, Washington is. I've been up there. Oh, really? Okay. When I drove a truck oh so many years ago, I covered the whole 48 states, so I I know where you're at. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, a small little uh, farming town. All right. I will bring that up. I will bring that up, and we'll see what we can do with that. All right, sounds good. All right. Don't kill, fuck you, pal. Hand job. <laughs> See that, Jim Bob? We got people living all over the planet. And they're all talking over. about hand jobs. <laughs> well, you know. Universal thing. Are, are you uh, familiar with that at all? How that I, I how that originated? Have, I, I think it was, um, you know, somebody was... You can air in themselves and their kind partner or female. No, was no, like, no, oh, no. let me do that for you. No, no, no. That for for the show purposes, that's oh, not where that came from. I, I don't know. I figured like cavemen made that, or at least the ancient Greeks. They thought of everything. But well, the band Loudness. <laughs> oh yeah, rock and roll crazy night. Do you do you crazy. remember? Do you remember this at all? Um, no. Well, since since you've kind of been away a while, I have. I've been out of the loop with loudness anyway. You have. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you a little bit about CMS history. And a few years ago, um, loudness came out with a new record. Did anybody hear it? They did. We 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 kind of um, we kind of debuted it here on the show, but they have a song called hang tough okay didn't tesla have a song they did same same title 
But, and New Kids on the Block. Yes. Hell yeah. There's a connection now. Yes. And uh, we played it here on the show because it was confusing as to what they were really saying. People listen to words? They did. I'm going to play the song for you a little bit. And you tell me exactly what they're saying. Okay. So I'm devising like an interpretation. Of no, no, no. They're, they're singing in English. But you tell me what you think you're hearing. Okay. I will. All right. Here we go. Congratulating somebody on like a promotion or a retirement. Hats off. You got the key to the city. Uh, and then I'm like, we were just talking about hand jobs. So I was wondering if hand jobs might be different in Japan because, you know, it's a different ethnicity and maybe their hands are smaller because that's how they make all those electronics because tiny little hands, squinty little eyes, and they can see what they're doing. And I'm like, God. And then my head went to a really wrong turn there and it was fetish stuff yeah and and that's where i was when you asked the question and got me out of it um so hand are they, job hand job that sounds like a happy song then. It, i know but but the name of the song is called hang tough and they're singing hang tough but it sounds like hand job so that's where the origins of the salutations or the ending of the phone call here on the cms has become hand job because sometime between the last time I was here and this time, which is probably like six years, yes, I calculated that 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 became a thing, and I just noticed that tonight. I'm like, oh, they always say hand job, and I see it over there on your, uh, you know, by your fireplace, my my, my marquee, uh, hail and kill. I knew that's always been there. Fuck you, pal. That's that was there before I started listening to the CMS, and then hand job. And it's new. I find hand jobs to be funny. Yes, it's the least amount of effort you can yes. make. In the sec- I, you, I, all right, a- anytime. It's not my thing. I'm like, stop. I'll do it. You know, I got this. Doing a long time. Job. <laughs> I was already in my 40s when right. it happened. You know, and uh, it was. I was like, how the fuck did that happen? Okay, I think it was psychological. Right. The girl's trying to be sneaky. Her parents were upstairs. Sure. I felt like I was in high school. I'm in like 40s. Oh, <laughs> you know, that would have been probably bad. But 
I, I just remember going, I can't believe it. And, work, and I said something the first time I like start to finish. It's like, what? It just wasn't a thing when I was, it was like a thing you did yourself. Like your own guess. Right, exactly. That I guess that makes no sense. But to <laughs> me, it did in my head. Well, <laughs> we, we like to affectionately refer to it as a handy. Yeah. So here we go. I'm going to play it again. And now that you understand the context of this. They sound like they had a successful hand job because that, that one incident I'm talking about, that's kind of the song that was playing in my head. Yeah. Well, here we go. Sounds like an Asian street hooker offering wares to the passing cars. Yeah. Hey, John. <laughs> so there you go. Huh? I wonder they're out there screaming. They got no customers. Like, yeah, myself. <laughs> that in does not. Right that does not in any way resemble hang tough. That is hand job. You know, they should. Maybe they are just fucking with us because they think it's funny. Yeah, they, they they laugh at our mispronunciations of anglicized words because we, you know, we're used to saying words with a different formation of the mouth, and it's hard to learn. I get it. That's why we have accents. <laughs> yeah. But, so hand job. Yeah. Uh, here's their fuck you to you people making fun of you know walking wool crazy nags. <laughs> Give me. 35, 40 years of getting teased for that. Fuck you, motherfucker. We're not going to shoot up your school. We're going to write a song called Hand Job. Right. And call it Hang Tough and just fuck with you. Exactly. Some jagoffs in the middle of the night in the Midwest, you know, are going to be talking about it one day. So dissecting it. Well, that became part of the CMS <laughs> lexicon now. So you end your phone call with Hail and Kill, Fuck You, Pal, and Hand Job. Ah, that scream he does sounds like a. A very like he was backed up and, and he's a, like a, <laughs> a pubescent teenage boy who's just had this hormone influx and no release and he's too ashamed or Catholic to to do it himself and he's got his little girly friend like here I got you buddy. <laughs> it's probably the same sound they would make exactly. So Chris Chris actually keyed in on that when that uh, album was released and he was just like this guy singing hand job yep so or, there so. i thought hats off at first i'm like oh that sounds like you know hats off to you know <laughs> hats off to you pal i sing yourself you. a hand job exactly exactly but uh it's hand job so to bring you up to speed where we're at with the CMS, that's why people sign off with that. 
Or it took a couple of tries before I get my head wrapped around that. No pun intended. Yeah, I get that too. That's just, you know, I, she, I, we were teenagers and scared, probably practicing on carrots and bananas like in, in the fast times at Ridgemont High. You know, you give it a good effort and go, I'm just you know, like, what? Here. Yeah, exactly. She braces, you know. <laughs> it's only if you do it right. Self-conscious, I get it. All right. That devolved quickly into a lot of personal <laughs> just stuff. That I think we've out. all experienced the same thing there, uh, James. So maybe I, from the same girl. It, it was uh, the it 80s, could be. So. Could very well be. Hmm. All right. Well, the state to our east, Michigan. That's east? That is to the east. That was north. No. What's oh, east? Oh, you're in Ohio. No. Oh. Just east of us is Michigan. I thought Ohio was over there. Michigan's up. Like well, it is, but it's still east. It's northeast, maybe a little bit. It looks like a club, like a big mitten. Yeah, but that's if you go to the west. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State University officials issued an apology. Chris and, Chris and I's uh, you know, mantra is never apologize because you're going to get fired anyway. <laughs> basically what it boils down to you know you could fuck up and at a corporate situation and even if you apologize you're going to get fired anyway so why why bother i will usually blame somebody else well regardless of that you're probably <laughs> still going to get fired uh, if you cover your ass the right way <laughs> always have a backup plan exactly so michigan's uh university's official that an apology after a Black History Month display in one of its gift shops caused an outcry on the campus. The problematic tribute, which was put up in the store at the Michigan State University's Wharton Center for Performing Arts, featured dolls of prominent African-American leaders throughout history hanging from a wooden display tree by tags that some said resembled nooses oh lord they have idiomine among them (laughs) the poorly thought out design left the students and shoppers feeling upset do you really believe they were upset no you you have to channel your attention to that and get yourself upset yeah so again you've been around a while I'm realizing that now. And if you <laughs> if you've been walking down Main Street, USA, wherever that is, and you're walking along and you're look doing window shopping and you're looking into the window, have you ever become upset about anything that you've seen or witnessed? Not in this country. That's what I'm saying. Amsterdam's a different story. Yeah, but you know the window shopping there is a different. <laughs> In the red light district, and of it's course. different in the daytime versus night. Sure, it in is. The daytime, you're like, oh, what the? Why did I come here? And then at night, you're like, oh, oh, I get it. It's a tourist trap. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, the poorly thought out design left students and shoppers feeling upset. With MSU students Crystal Davis Dunn calling the display, which she first spotted on January 30th, a painful reminder of historic injustice. Lord. 
How do they deal? I don't know. Isn't that why people have, you know, develop coping mechanisms no. in the first then, place? No, apparently that does not exist these days. Oh. And somehow, some way, this Crystal Davis Dunn, notice they always have three names. Uh, Is it hyphenated? Yes. Oh, of course. Of course. And they get compliments on the hyphen, by the way. Mm. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I broke mine in a, when I was on my bike when I was about 10 years right. old. Right. At, at 18 or 19 years old, uh, you were born, what, uh, this is this is 2020, so you were born in, like, what, 1990? Or 2000, rather? I guess. Yeah, 2000. I so if you were born old. in 2000, when did, when did any kind of real racial tensions end in this country? 1960? Oh, no. Where the Rodney King stuff? Yeah. But I'm talking about lynchings and, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. I thought Don and George were jamming together. <laughs> Not the lynch mob. Oh, <laughs> they're touring now. Yes. Don should get, like, some uh, gauntlets and, like, like Grim Reaper stuff. And then he can go around like that old school. Exactly. Metal, and then you don't have to worry about it. And he can put a magnet on it for his mic. Yeah, there you go. We'll tell him that. Exactly. Put Put magnets. Rather than Valcro, will you do? Yeah, what use... is he doing? Where is he going to Hobby Lobby? <laughs> hey, you never know. Come on, man. But anyway, so so this this Crystal Davis Dunn, she's upset because this brought back memories, a painful reminder. It's like, what? Are are you like sixty five years old or what? She's uh, got some PTSD stuff. Apparently there. so. I don't want to constantly be confronted with images and displays, you know, these messages like all the time, she said. The lack of culture and humility is very evident on campus that that things like this continue to happen. They continue to happen. So this is something she deals with every day, seeing nooses every day. <laughs> Just yeah. happens every day. When was the last time you actually saw a noose in public? In public? Yeah. Oh, um, gosh the the town I lived in down down by Lafayette. Yeah, yeah. You were you were down by you were down by a very prominent uh, Indiana University. Yeah, it's just, you know, and it's very you know down by Purdue. Yeah, very a lot of culture and a lot of you know different. Uh, you know, academic circles and research and, you know, the, like some of the top minds and the, 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 the uh, engineering schools, you know, known worldwide. And then the town I lived in, about a 15-minute commute to the Purdue campus, their town square had every Saturday they had a farmer's market. Um, they had a recycling collecting by the local Boy Scout troop. They had uh, sometimes in, like a oompa band or a jug band. And it always ended with a public hanging it went every week. <laughs> so they had public lynching down this there. This got people to go down there to even <laughs> buy shit from the farmer's market because it's an agrarian community. Right. You know, and they they didn't always hang people. They, it's one time they hung this horse. Yeah, so and it was they, it was uh, symbolic sometimes. They named a road after him after that, you know. I guess he was a pacer in the right. 1900s. And they're like, where'd they dig him up? They froze him, thaw him out, and hang him. And they called it the town festival, you know? Right. And, uh, and that's what there was to do. Um, and there's a lot of little towns like that, that they, you know, they have a public hanging. Right. And they pick the, 
you know, maybe there'd be one uh, ethnicity different than the rest of the people that live there. And they can only hang up so many times, you know, and, you know, <laughs> old <laughs> did, Jim. Did, did they play some Iron Maiden, hang them high? Uh, they, you know, the, the jug band would do some covers on request. <laughs> I, I heard them do Maiden, <laughs> but they did do some, some like Glenn Hughes right. and, and uh, uh, David Coverdale era Deep Purple. So the Mach 3 was Yeah, the it? Mach 3 version. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which was impressive to hear. Sure. People blowing jugs. Right. And, you know. That was the last time I saw news in public. I've tried making them myself, <laughs> um, not for lynching anybody. I was trying to do different kinds of knots um, and learning about them. I went back to my you know, roots of being in Boy Scouts and being traumatized by not getting my knot-tying merit badge. And I right. finished that. And then I got all kinds of tools for BDSM stuff if I ever need it. And <laughs> ready to go. Did just, you, just expanding my repertoire of skills right. in, in that, that department. Did um, you did you ever did you ever consider joining the mariner trade so you could actually use those knots in uh, practical use? Um, video on request <laughs> kind of stuff, you know. Where if they're, they're getting off in the way I tie a knot, not what I'm wearing or how I look or anything I say or do, just like look at that guy tie a knot. Look, right, I can have non nudity, you know request porn and i don't have to leave the house and i can take you know for <laughs> who are we gonna hang we're hanging somebody that's right. why you want to know if i can tie a noose exactly um name oh uh, well that was john john well let's hang his wife <laughs> just to see you know how it goes stuff but yeah I, you never know i'm like dude here's how you do it here's keep your woman at home she's not going to the concert again <laughs> If you're, concerned, if you're concerned about her safety, don't let her leave the house. You've got a new way to get her off. She's not going to want to leave the house. Right. Glad I could help you. Exactly. I have a series of videos. <laughs> Explain different types of uh, uses for these mariner knots. There you go. Uh, following multiple complaints, MSU spokesperson Emily Gherkin uh, acknowledged that Regardless of its intention, the display was insensitive, adding that it was taken down on January 31st. Well, that's the end of Black History Month right there. That's (laughs) it right there. One day, 24 hours. We sincerely apologize to our community members and have immediately removed the display. Additionally, after the Wharton Center reported the incident it was agreed to provide employees and volunteers with racial bias training (laughs) that focuses on the impact and understanding of the intentional and unintentional racial bias and this was from a display that probably some students or some lowly paid employees you know, had to do, how are we going to hang these things up? Yeah, it's just display? like, well, these are for sale, so we're going to hang them on this rack, you know, to, to display them. And it's like, that looks like they're a nooses, man! That's that, what do you what do you call it when you see, like, you know, like in Mary and the Grilled Cheese or, or whatever, you know, um, it, it's, uh, you're just seeing things that aren't there and your mind's making connections. Of course. Like seeing faces in the clouds. Like, sure. That's a pony. Yeah. It's an octopus. It's George Lynch. He's back with Don. They should do some acoustic shows, man. Just them too. 
Exactly. Uh, we have work to do, and the MSU remains committed to creating a culture that is inclusive and diverse <laughs> and safe. Safe for all faculty, staff, students, and visitors. As we enter Black History Month, it is important we not only recognize the many contributions of African Americans, but remember history and confront the bias. Well, let's take that on, you know, forget, um, you know, forget the, the, uh, the, the social policies and the minimum wage and stuff. But let's take on bias first, and then we'll deal with the infrastructure and uh, the, the disparity of wages and <laughs> whatever else the issues are in this, you know, the, the, the Heineken virus or whatever's next, you know. Heineken <laughs> virus, right. In October 2019, uh, Liana Cobbs, a black student at MSU, spoke out after she discovered a toilet paper noose hanging from her Bryant Hall dorm room. Doesn't that mean somebody in the room's getting laid? And you do, <laughs> dude, stay away. Yeah, that's sort don't of you like. you know what that means? Yeah. I thought it was a sock. Yeah, well, don't, I didn't don't, have a sock. He jizzed in the sock. Yeah. He's using the toilet paper. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if you see this toilet paper noose hanging over the door handle, that means I'm banging a chicken here, so don't bother me. <laughs> right. And and I'm you're gonna use your sock to, to wipe it up now. <laughs> University security officials found the responsible group of students who claimed the toilet paper was a Halloween prank and said it was not intended to resemble a noose. There are only four black people on this floor, Cobbs wrote on Facebook following the incident. And yes, our door is the only door that had this on there. John Ray, another MSU student, told uh, that incidents like these make the school feel unsafe for minority students. Students of color feel unwelcome here, he said. I'm just going to say it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm just saying we feel unwelcome here because there was toilet paper on the door. They should have put it in all the black kids door on the floor <laughs> if they wanted to make them feel unwelcome. Right. Gosh, or, you know, fill uh, pillowcases with bars of soap and take turns beating them with it. Yeah, no kidding. Take that, you black folk for going to our school yeah yeah pal you're not not <laughs> welcome because you're different yeah your gpa is just as good as ours and your you know your your sat scores rock but that's you in michigan right you know that's a, that you're paying for the name you know, exactly gone to coolie over in detroit but no here you are <laughs> you in michigan suck it up or put toilet paper nooses on your dorm room door every day yep move off campus join the black fraternity or the the tri lambs or whatever revenge of the nerds <laughs> the but, lambda 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 yeah, <laughs> and then they partnered oh they were they were the black fraternity so the you know the national chapter come right they need that they need some backup who's right. <laughs> hanging the toilet paper nooses on the motherfucker <laughs> coming down there and just throwing down <laughs> Exactly. Oh, we're sorry. We won't do that again, Mr. Negro. I apologize to you. Damn right, motherfucker. Girl. Yeah. And then they're out there, you know. I don't think people are like that. It's just 
I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about that. Is, that sounds like a student newspaper article. Well, I, I think that what gins this up, being that so many younger people are so social media conscious, that it just gins it up on social media. Did you see that? That was racist, man. They're out to get you. Really? Yeah, they absolutely are. You know, and it's just like, oh, they must be. You know, and I, again, I, I just think social media has such a large impact on people's perspective and they just buy into it, you know, hook, line and sinker. They don't think it through. It's just like an emotional reaction. And it's just like, oh, oh, really? Look at this. You know, it's like, okay. You know, so I don't know. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know what to say to that. That's why we have, um, you know, it's a. I see it as entertainment, and there is a dialogue, especially when it's heated, which is why we have our, you know, politically bent news entertainment channels. A show like this, a site like Metal Sludge was. Yeah. Somebody's going to get pissed off, and it gets people talking and active, and people come and look, oh, what's all the ruckus about, you know? And music can be a channel for angry, and, but there's a difference between, you know, poison doing, you know, nothing but a good time, and you know, <laughs> rage against the machine or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, really trying to communicate about social issues, I guess that, um, fire it up, you know, and this is, this is, you know, protest music or whatever, like they had in the sixties. It, it's different channels, but personally, I'd rather go here. Nothing but a good time. Cause you know, no offense, that's where the trim's going to be. Let's see. <laughs> you, hey, said, yeah. you said trim. I know that from Chip. That's why I thought of it. How do I say this? Because <laughs> I don't really talk like that. I don't even think like that. But if I want to be around people that are having a good time and they're partying, you know, and they're just funny. Of course. Focus on the female following, you know, and that's and Poison had that. Well, here I am because, man, there's no chicks down at the Iron Maiden show down the street, you know. Hardly. It's it's different now, but I mean, I've gone to like death metal shows and been like, "What's here?" Yeah. First thought, uh, these these people are uh, are all um, homosexuals, <laughs> and then I'm like, "Oh no, they're just aggressive men with shirts off, running around in a circle and knocking each other down." That's what I saw in gay porn once. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not knocking on death metal. It's all art. It's supposed to be fun. It's you know, when music isn't fun. Uh, it's a way to communicate or incite, I guess, too. You can get social messages out that way. Or yeah, somebody's social injustice. And, you know, child abuse or things that are very serious issues, but I don't want to sing about it while I'm fucking stuck in traffic. I'm turning that motherfucker off, and I'm... And what do I got for lube in here? Nope. <laughs> I dry with a napkin. That's right. Pick that up. It's a dry jerk. You know, there's hand sanitizer. Can you use that? I don't know. Let's try it. Yeah. I never tried it. Don't use Vicks, though. I learned that when I was a teenager. <laughs> Do not. No. Not a good lube. Doesn't work. Go there. I'm glad I came by. This is fun and liberating. I have a lot to say and don't often get to say it because it's, uh, I'm just not asked. We're in a venue. Uh, I perform live music and sometimes I have fun with the audience and I talk to them. You know, and it depends if they're receptive to that dialogue or they want me to shut up and play songs in the corner and it's background music. It's whatever the, you know, different audiences. But 
I still don't talk about political thing or, or religion or anything that's dividing. I'm not trying to get people wound up and I, I want to see people uh, smashing the windows out with their, with their, t- with their bar stools and turning over cars in the street and lighting them on fire. Actually, that would be cool to see. <laughs> if I could get people that upset by playing cover songs on an acoustic guitar and some bar nobody's ever heard of. It does. It's like storytellers. Right. Have you seen the movie Get Him to the Greek? I have. And I don't think I've seen it contiguously. I've seen it in parts. I, got, I watched the beginning, missed some, came back, I watched, jumped in. And then I watched the part that I missed some other time. And then I never saw the end. Um, and Russell Brand does a lot of like self-help videos now. Brand, right, of course. Listen to him. Of course. Fuck with a guy with a microphone. I always say that because you're louder than everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Well, near the end, well, at the end of the movie, get him to the Greek. He does sort of a storyteller's thing mm-hmm. where he's up there and performing some of his songs and, you know, telling stories about it and whatnot. And you kind of do the same thing. You you do uh, acoustic gigs. I do. And you've been doing this for almost ten, almost 10, ten years. years. Yeah, mm-hmm. 10 years. I have grown as a performer and artist and. Yeah. Well, you, you've actually set up and done your acoustic, uh, you know, performances right here. I want to hear those because if it was six, seven years ago. Yeah. But regardless, you still did it. And it was fun, but you know, I've evolved a lot. I would hope so. After seven years, you know, a lot of it isn't, I don't get to do a lot of the material I want to do. And I don't have a lot of time to devote to perfecting you know i'm learning easy songs that people want to hear that are busted out you know i am not trying to do the most perfect acoustic rendition of uh fucking the hunter by docking that's like <laughs> did you hear him play that as like you couldn't tell it was a guy with acoustic guitar right he's a tenor like don uh, somebody told me last night you're a tenor you're a really good tenor and i'm like the fuck's a tenor <laughs> and i remember my phone interview with don Docking when I was in college, telling me he said it tonight too about being a tenor. He just pointed out that's his range. That's what he's known for. I don't know what the fuck a tenor is, you know. But uh, now I know. I guess. I guess it's a compliment. I don't know. There's soprano. Just whatever you know. I I just assume. I just assume that soprano is like a high pitched uh, baritone, and I don't know. I mean. I'm not an opera singer. I don't, I didn't go to school for this. I started singing because I had to, I had a singer I worked with. He didn't show up. And I'm like, I got to keep all the money. If I did the gig, I guess I'm singing these fucking songs. Here I am singing brown eyed girl and free falling and shit. And there's no art to that. I'm just trying to remember the words. And right. Like, I think about <laughs> things differently now. Hey, if I have that power, cool. But you know, I'm just, I have a good time and I did it to prove something to myself, uh, something I always wanted to do. And I tried it and I didn't give up when I had fucking bad gigs. People telling me I couldn't do it just drove me to do it more. Now I'm at a place where I want to take it a, either a different direction or do something different. Well, that, you know, and the, and the thing is, is that you, you do well enough to where you can book gigs and actually get pay, paid. So, you know, you're you're a quote unquote a professional entertainer. Uh, you know, I mean, there's people who get paid more, but there's people who get paid less. You know, and and uh, 
my time in the Lafayette area around Purdue University really let me grow because I got out of here where people saw me starting out and already made maybe judgments about my abilities and such and let me evolve out of the the spectrum of other people where it is very competitive in the more populated area here. And I had, you know, it's still competitive in, in that market. It's a bigger market, but there's more outlying area where you can kind of work your way into the premier venues in the city. Um, and uh, I got to just handle crowds. I wanted to hear like country stuff and just deal with that. You know, okay. They liked me. They wanted me to keep playing. They paid good. They want to hear more country. Fuck. All right. I guess I'm doing some country stuff. What can I do? Let's have fun with it. I'm not opposed to it. I'm entertaining. You know, you want me to wear a blue shirt or you're, you pay me, $50 left, fuck, I'll wear a blue shirt if that's what I got to do. You want me to wear my super tight pants and wiggle around a lot <laughs> for an extra 50 bucks? Cool. Sure. All right, you know, I, I'm sure there's a limit, but I don't say no to shit like that. Will you wear a feather headdress? <laughs> really? I would. I don't have one, but I'd like one. I could use that for other purposes, too, other than, you know, dressing up like an Indian. Right. I have a story about a gig that I wanted to share with you. All right. Uh, it was, it's cool. Um, Lafayette has play. Yeah. Um, people party different ways, you know, and they, their uh, substance intake differently. Sure it does. And I think the um, effect was different than some of the other people, and I think that's just where it was. Uh, speaking out of turn, and I don't want to name him or anything. He's a cool guy. But I know that was probably something that was fun. Right. And uh, Shannon Hoon. And, uh, sir. Yeah. Anyway. There. Right. <laughs> Which is cool. He just. And he thinks about what might have been. And here he is with me. And I was thrown in. Uh, one thing I, I just I developed doing it solo. I want to do it by myself. I didn't want anybody else. I didn't want to be in a band. And then <laughs> I got this gig and it was like, it paid well. And it was every Thursday. It was like a residency thing almost at, you know, a bar where it was big and people came out and they kind of filled that between eight and 12 time. And they gave it to me to see how it worked. And I go to go out there and the, the owner says, Oh, and you're playing with this guy. He's going to just sit up there and play drums. I'm like, the fuck he is. Who the, Playing on my stage as a musician, and I'm locked into you know live sampling. It's very timing. It's almost like you know code and web design. But um, you're having him go up there and play on the on the congas with you. Oh fuck! Well, this guy locked into me. I, he just I was gonna try to trip him up to where he's like, "Hey, I can't do this." And I threw everything I had at him and. uh no, I was also kind of mocking on the situation. I wasn't a dick, but I'm like, we've been playing together for 30 years, you know, and toured the world. And I kept making up stories. It was kind of funny. And uh, he could fucking hang. And I'm like, man, the banter between us, I just, it just clicked. I yeah. love playing with this guy. Yeah, it was like Chris and I. There was one time at this very place I'd been doing it. I, I was there almost a year before they got a better idea and did that. And, uh, had a big crowd of people around him, and he had sunglasses on the whole time. Like, what the jackass goes out to the bar at night. And, you know, this is a working-class blue-collar bar, and he's wearing sunglasses, like, as if. 
maybe he's blind. I don't know. He's sitting there, you know, and there were people around him and they were way in the back and my friend went and was talking to him and stuff. And, and then they, you know, they were leaving and the guy, he came up and said, dude, I enjoyed it. That was cool to see. And, and he left. And like a while later, my friend said, do you know who that was? I'm like, no, this guy with sunglasses. He's like, his name's Jeff, but you know him as Izzy. I'm oh, like, you fuck kidding me. He still lives in Lafayette. He like just moved back there and lives in that area, you know, and friend and him are just friends. They hang out together sometimes. And I'm like, came to my fucking gig. Yeah. I it- didn't know it. I wish I knew it, you know, but I don't think he wanted to be known. He doesn't like a lot of attention. And, uh, it was yeah, so, so, in. but he wears sunglasses at the bar, so uh, you know, was, that doesn't, that doesn't draw attention. It's part of like this outfit, you know, I put it on. Oh, I get it. There's fucking lights and lasers and shit too. It was like, sure. they had set up to be like a dance club and I'm doing like acoustic stuff to like a biker crowd and pool players. And that is, it was just weird. They were trying new things and it just happened to work to get enough people to make it worthwhile during that, that four hour block in between. There's factories and shifts. I don't know, economics. So, so Izzy Stradlin stopped in and I checked out. So, either that or these people are all fucking high and they're fucking. <laughs> let's make this kid think he's stupid. Let's watch his head and then we're gonna pop it. Right. Take his gig away. Sure. You suck. I don't know. All right, James. Uh, that's gonna wrap up the show. I didn't mean to be long winded. I it doesn't matter. Long-winded. It's it's an off night and it was fun to have you come down and hang out and. It was you nice know, to get out. You know, cobble a show together and, you know, who knew what was going to happen or take place? I did not know. I didn't know that Don would be on there. And, and Well, I didn't know either. That was that was just sort of a spur of the moment thing for me as well. And, and I should tell him, dude, I'm a tenor too. Somebody <laughs> told me that. I don't, what does it mean? Right. Is there extra powers that like being a, a wizard, you know, your you're necromancer level. You're a tenor now. Sure. Oh, you're in the tenor club. Yep. You get hand jobs at traffic now. I don't know. <laughs> hand job. Right on. All right. Well, anyway, it, it's good to uh, reconnect and see you again after about six years. Yeah. And uh, we'll be in know. our sixties next time. Exactly. And <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was good that Chris checked in with us, as well as our good friend Don Dockin, and uh, of course all of our friends in the chat room, and everybody who made requests, and you know, everybody who participated tonight. So. Uh, Again, it was kind of one of those off nights, but regardless, it uh, it worked out well and it went by quick. And I think everybody had a good time because the chat room was full the whole evening. So I don't think anybody really complained. That's cool. Do I still get my hand job after this? <laughs> Not from me. I didn't know what was involved. Heard there's <laughs> hand jobs here. I'm kind of thinking about it now. <laughs> All right, James. Well, again, you're always welcome to come back. So uh, I, I hope to so. see you. Uh, I want to uh, thank everybody who was in the chat room. I see my good friend Kendall Peters is in there. She popped in there after uh, evening away. Uh, she does her show on Wednesday night, Metal and Kendall over at Uncontrolled Noise. So go visit her. Check out her show. It uh, kicks off at uh, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time at uncontrollednoise.com. And uh want to thank everybody who participated tonight and who took part in the show and who called in and requested music and who hung out in the uh, chat room and all that good stuff. And uh, I did an interview with a former Accept uh, vocalist and Bangalore Choir vocalist and Sainted Sinners vocalist and... Uh, Shark Island? 
<laughs> no. Oh. And uh, David Reese. You know the name David at all? David Reese. David I Reese. He was in Shark Island, too. No. That was Richard Black. And Pink Cream 69? No. I don't know. No. I've been out of the loop. But anyway, I did an interview with David Reese. Uh, it was released on Friday. He's got a new album coming out in March. And uh, it's called Cacophony of Souls. And this particular song uh, really caught my ear. So I'm going to end the show with it. Uh, this is not a White Snake cover, but it's called Judgment Day. So we're going to get out of here. I will be back next Saturday night. I believe Chris will take his place behind uh, Mike number two next Saturday as well. And uh, we're going to get out of here. So I'm going to leave you with uh, some brand new Reese from uh, Cacophony of Souls. So here it is. It's Judgment Day. So until next Saturday night, this is Neely along with my very good friend, James. You can call me Jim Bob and we can laugh at it. All right. Our, my good friend, Jim Bob. I got action figures and home porn for sale <laughs> coming up. In, in along the, with uh, Mariner Knots. Yep. A guide to how to for different purposes. All right. All right. Well, here it is. It's Reese exclusively here on your classic metal show. Hi, this is David Reese, and you're listening to the Classic Metal Show.